You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 129, Behind the Scenes, Preparing a Community to Rescue. Produced by Innovate Learning, Maximizing Human Potential. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, we're going to touch on all of those three things today because we have with us a longtime friend of the Global Center for Women and Justice. Yes, we do. I want to welcome Alicia Zayas, who is a Vanguard alum, um, was working with me at the Global Center for Women and Justice before she returned to um, Central California. So Alicia, um, tell us what you're doing right now. Give us your job title. It sounds so impressive. Well, I am a clinical social worker at Child Welfare Services in Tulare County currently. And how long have you been working um, in Tulare County with Child Welfare? Well, I've been um, officially working with child welfare for uh, over four years now, and uh, prior to that, I uh, also was interning here doing, you know, my MSW program through Cal State Bakersfield. So, um, so I've been here for a while now. And how long were you working at the Global Center for Women and Justice? So I um, worked at the Global Center for Women and Justice for about a year and a half, I believe, after I uh, graduated from Vanguard and did a lot of education outreach around uh, human trafficking, sex trafficking in and around Orange County. And I remember you were a very loyal and um, committed member of the Orange County Human Trafficking Task Force. And one of my favorite stories from those days was when you took um, a newspaper reporter shopping in order to demonstrate how our choices change um, outcomes in other countries just by what we purchase. Definitely, definitely. So you're already kind of a rock star around here. And we talk (laughs) about um, uh, Vanguard's Global Center for Women and Justice being a launching place for students Mm -hmm. to go on and find their role in combating human trafficking. And in the last few weeks, your county has been in the news. So we want to talk about what it took for um, Tulare County to be prepared to handle a case, um, Babyface Part 2. So uh, just kind of run over the, the big news with the case, and then we'll go back and deconstruct the pathway, how a community was able to be ready to do that. Sure, sure. So Babyface 1 and 2 recently happened here in Tulare County. Uh, that was where the, the Tulare County Sheriff's Department basically, um, you know, got some tips uh, about possible human trafficking, specifically sex trafficking um, situations that were happening throughout the county. Um And the part of the recruitment tactics that were being used were uh, a fake Facebook profile uh, that was recruiting young girls, boys, 
as well as adults um, in and around Tulare County. So uh, that was how they were recruiting individuals. And then um, they would have those individuals then send them nude photos, which then they would threaten to out them with their family, their friends, their community, etc. So you had, you know, elements of force, fraud, and coercion really involved in um, that whole situation. So it's very interesting, very eye-opening for our community, I believe, because we had more than 50 victims involved, um, again, adults and children um, involved in that. So really exciting that, you know, our our Sheriff's Department is addressing this issue and that it is now in the forefront uh, you know, of our of our perspective. So very exciting uh, to see some changes in, in that respect. So for me, understanding how long it takes to get ready to do something like that, um, I want listeners to understand that this didn't happen overnight. Just having the capacity to get tips and and to be prepared to handle rescuing that many victims. So let's kind of go back up upstream and mm-hmm. talk about that process. I think sure. I think it began with um, a child abuse and prevention conference, right? Where your community really started getting equipped to uh, respond to human trafficking. Definitely. So, um, so let me just go back even a little bit farther. Obviously, you know, I became passionate about this issue uh, while I was at Vanguard and then was able to really um, get educated and gain a lot of skills uh, being in the Center for Women and Justice there. Um, you know, and so I think that all prepared me uh, for being in this this area in this position at this point. Um, so when I started at, at Child Welfare Services, we um, I made sure that you know human trafficking was uh, something that my mentors knew was something that was a passion of mine uh, from the beginning. And when the opportunity came about to um, take on, you know, human trafficking and specifically the commercial sexual exploitation of children at one of our uh, local child abuse conferences. Um, I believe the conference was held in November of 2014. Um, I was able to be a part of that planning committee. And therefore, of course, I drew on my history and my uh, background, which included, you know, uh, Sandra Morgan being my mentor and uh, knowing that she is an expert in this field. Um, I suggested that she come and train us and be, um, you know, a big part of that uh, opportunity. So, so that was kind of the beginning, uh, was just getting that education to our community members. Um, that child abuse conference is really geared towards service providers, child welfare service, uh, social workers, etc. So, um, some I, of the key I have people. To, I have to tell you, when I attended that and saw the room absolutely full. I was amazed. And as I began to talk to people, your team had brought together the whole community. There was law enforcement, Mm -hmm. the district attorney was there. Um, It wasn't just uh, nonprofits and social workers, because we need the whole community. Yeah. Yes. 100%. Uh, And the faith-based community is a huge part of that, too. Um, You know, if we didn't have them, I don't know where we'd be. So, um, 
so yeah, that's kind of where things started happening. Uh, you know, people started getting interested in this topic. And then um, quickly after that, I was invited to uh, do a, a short speaking engagement to our uh, chiefs, you know, uh, chiefs meeting here uh, for all the police department heads um, where I just, you know, talked about, you know, human trafficking and CSEC in particular a little bit just to kind of get the, the buzz going. Um, and then after that, um, the state of California started giving us opportunities for uh, funding opportunities to address CSEC in our community. And so we we jumped on it. And of course, you know, um, since I had been a part of that that conference and the preparation for that, uh, I was lucky enough to be a part of the the policy creation, really, for our county um, to address CSEC in regards to child welfare services. So what are some of the um, things that you've implemented that are really stand out to you? Um, some of the the implementation pieces that are key, I think, include the education piece. Outreach and education are huge. Uh, if if I wasn't continuously going out and educating, uh, if I didn't have a team going out and educating, if we didn't have you come back and do more training and education, um, you know, it, things would become stagnant at some point and, um, you know, this would fall off of people's radar. Um, so we have to constantly be out there educating, bringing, you know, more awareness to this issue. Uh, so, you know, reaching out to high school, middle school youth uh, through youth prevention summits, through uh, presentations at different schools, um, you know, going out and doing trainings now for local police departments. Uh, recently, we've done training for Porterville Police Department as well as Dinuba Police Department yesterday, um, and and they've invited other departments to come and attend those trainings. So, um, you know, really exciting to see, you know, a, a team effort. You know, our community coming together around this issue. Well, I I was very impressed with how strategic your team developed this in Tulare County because you started with that big conference. Mm -hmm. um, to 300 and something people there. And then you've been very strategic in targeting each section to go in and do more intensive training. And the last time I was in Tulare, uh, we started with um, equipping frontline service providers in the healthcare field. And yes. that was, that was uh, you know me, a nurse, I love, love uh -huh. equipping um, emergency room and pediatricians. It's great. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, yeah. And in fact, we're going to be uh, rolling out training for all of our self-sufficiency counselors through Tulare Works within the next couple of months. Um, and so that's, you know, a, a team of close to a thousand people who will then be able to, you know, uh, identify potential victims that they might come in contact with at, you know, welfare departments and things throughout the community. And how have you used um, the the eight 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 number in your trainings? I always use the eight 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 number. Um, doesn't matter what group I'm talking to. I usually, especially with kids uh, and young adults, I will make sure to uh, have them all repeat it at least three times uh, so that they remember it. And uh, that's one thing that I learned from you and uh, will continue to do. So uh, I think it's a key component of reporting of, you know, 
assisting victims who might need help. And uh, we need to have like a a pretty streamlined way of, of dealing with that. And so I think that's an excellent resource for all of us. So uh, the day of baby phase two, because you recovered a lot of victims and mm-hmm. were able to then follow Paula leads to recover more. Um, mm-hmm. How did you uh, roll out your team? Tulare not a huge county to have such a big bus like that. So how did you handle the logistics of so many victims? So, um, so we're still working out the logistics. <laughs> um, <laughs> Resources, <it's not> over. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we, you know, we did do some preparation work. We we had to keep everything extremely confidential. We couldn't say anything to anybody. Really, uh, we were kind of sworn to secrecy. So, um, you know, we we basically didn't say anything until the morning of and um, got our a group of our emergency uh, response workers together and and provided a review training on CSEC, how to, you know, engage youth who may have been experiencing this type of issue um, and just got them prepared. We provided also um, the gym's journals for um, leaving the life uh, so that all the girls who girls or boys who might have come through our system uh, would have access to that information and be able to, um, you know, at least have one resource uh, in their pocket. So that's great. And now that you are looking back on this, um, what are some of the high points of the process that you're your takeaway is like, we're going to do more of that. Um, I think, I think the training piece is huge. You know, um, I think being able to see the impact of the training, um, you know, the, the, um, the reason we were asked to come out and do training for the sheriff's department before their baby face operation was because uh, a colleague and I had had done a CSEC training for the SART um, quarterly meeting, and that's the sexual assault sexual assault response team meeting where it's mostly law enforcement officers from different departments throughout the community, the DA's office, and the local um, sexual assault response team um, that are there. And so that was that was really the key reason that we were even invited to be a part of that operation. Um, so I think that is a highlight for me that, you know, that training uh, meant something. You know, somebody took that information and said, hey, we need to follow up on this, you know, Um, and they did. So really exciting to see that. I'm I'm so um, impressed with your leadership skills and your focus on equipping people by educating them. And then they're free to take their own expertise and apply it to this unique situation. But, you you know, we always learn from um, our mistakes and there's always something that you're like, oh, I wish we'd have done this. Sure. Wish we'd have had this. What would that be? Um, I think I wish we would have um, had a little bit more communication, uh, you know, in in that process of trying to figure out, you know, how we how we were going to respond with law enforcement, because Again, you know, we're still trying to figure out those logistics, and this was a whole new operation that we had never really dealt with before. Um, so that's that's one key um, thing that I think we could definitely improve in the future, and um, I know our team is working on um, figuring those little 
issues out. So, so as I'm listening to you, I'm sort of hearing uh, your comments fall into three different categories that we uh, talk about all the time on the Ending Human Trafficking podcast at the center. Study the issues, be a voice, make a difference. And Definitely. Uh, providing that training, educating the frontline service providers has to be a priority in order yes. to recover victims, especially of CSEC. And then creating those communication pathways. If we're going to be advocates, if we're going to be voices, uh, we have to know who we're talking to and Definitely. understand their language. I'm constantly talking to students and professionals in our community about using the same language to describe mm-hmm. things. And I, I feel like that that your um, your comments sort of reinforce that because that's how we are really going to make a difference. Definitely. And I think that we are creating that that team effort, you know, we're coming together, we're trying to break down those silos, you know, that have happened so, so much of the time in the past. Um, you know, I, these trainings that we're doing right now for PD include our local um, sexual response team who sexual assault response team um, who has a human trafficking advocate. Um, You know, she's part of our team. Um, The DA's office who has a human trafficking advocate as well and who has a human trafficking investigator, they're there with us so that we can come out as a team, you know, and show the the community that we're here working together and and we want to uh, communicate with one another. We want to be a support to each other. So that collaboration component is critical. Critical, very, extremely. (laughs) I can't stress that enough. Okay, before we have to sign off, because I know you have a meeting to go to, tell me what is next. Now you've done this, what happens now? Um, I think now it's a matter of, you know, reporting back to the state. Um, Actually, right now they're requesting numbers, and this is kind of perfect opportunity for us to be able to say, yeah, we've got these numbers. Um, You know, it's happening here, and and this is how many people we've gone out and trained so far, and this is this is the results of those trainings. Um, you know, so that's, that's step number one is reporting back and, and letting the government know, you know, that this is an issue for us here in Tulare County. Um, and then, you know, continuing our outreach efforts, continuing, uh, our prevention, you know, in the schools, as well as, um, with our own foster youth and, um, probation youth. And, uh, that's, that's, you know, a continued focus. Well, I have enjoyed so much being a part of reaching out to foster and probation youth in the last couple of years at your invitation. I um, give you a heads up. One of our uh, Vanguard students right now in the Live to Free Club is from Tulare, and she wants to come back and start a Live to Free Club there. So you're going to have you're going to have some new, uh, fresh energy coming in. And we'll send you as many students as we possibly can. Dave, How exciting. Be- before we say goodbye to Alicia, do you have any questions for her? I, I just am so impressed, Sandy, with all the work that uh, you've done, Alicia, and uh, taking, you know, like you said, Sandy, it's all about studying the issues, being a voice and making a difference. And uh, Alicia has been on that journey herself in addition to creating that journey for others. And so I think it's like just a great reminder of uh, of what we're all doing here today, which is very much the studying the issues part of we're learning, we're growing. Uh, it's a big part of why we do this podcast. So thanks, Alicia, for just being a huge part of that. 
Thank you, Dave. Thank you. And do you have any closing remarks you'd like to make? You know, I think um, the key for me is, you know, I, I built a base at Vanguard. I built a base at the Center for uh, the Global Center for Women and Justice. Uh, you know, I, I did study the issues that has that has laid the foundation for me to be where I'm at, you know, and um, going on to get my master's in social work has also opened so many doors to have these kind of opportunities for me. So um, I just I want to say thank you to Sandy and, um, you know, all of her mentoring has has really benefited uh, me and my community. So um, thank you. Well, we're really proud of you and your hard work. You have earned the respect of so many people in the community, and you're definitely a trailblazer and a model for others to follow. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Sandy. And as always, we are just uh, thrilled that you've taken the time to spend with us to study the issues so you can go out also and be a voice and make a difference in your community, however you are Uh, helping support us in this issue. And uh, we hope that you'll reach out to us with any questions you have. Two best ways to do that are to send us an email at gcwj at vanguard.edu, or you can reach us by phone 714-966-6360. And if you haven't done so before, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, and it's been helpful to you, Will you take a moment to go on to iTunes? If you're an iTunes user, search for the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast and leave us a rating or review. It will be super helpful for us, all of us, to get the message out to others who care deeply about this issue. Sandy, thank you. And Alicia, thank you. And see you in two weeks. Thanks.